advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. We're going to call this one Playoffs. Playoffs? Jim Morris Sr. made that famous, of course, uh, in the late 90s when he's head coach of the Colts. But before we get into that, Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with my guy that called the shop, the barbershop, uh, the Spider-Man, the 10-year National Football League veteran, now a civic leader in our community, also a great part of our Kansas City ambassadors, Sean Barber. Uh, our Bose 700 headphones, my friend. Uh, a lot of folks have put this on their list. What do you want for uh, the holidays and Christmas? Whoops, look at these. Uh, or buying these for their special someone uh, on their list. They are phenomenal. Never had a set of headphones like these. Easy to go to Bose.com. There's a drop down for headphones. That's all you got to do. And there they are uh, to order for yourself uh, for a Christmas or holiday gift idea. But also before we get into the meat of this uh, podcast, um, Sean, we want to uh, give all of our condolences to you and your family uh, because Bill Barber, uh, a.k.a. Smoke, uh, <laughs> the uh, outstanding man uh, from Richmond, Virginia, uh, passed away this week, your dad. And uh, our hearts are heavy for you, my friend. Uh, and um, we'll just dedicate these next several minutes to him and his memory and maybe the rest of the year just uh no, you're hurting, but uh, sorry about that. And uh, but it sounds like he lived a terrific life, and the Lord blessed him. He did, man. He did, man. He was uh, he was fortunate enough to set a legacy and a, and a standard for me to live by. And I passed that on to my kids, um, and hopefully they'll pass on their kids. And we talk about generational wealth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just a, there's a dedication of hard work, understanding what it means to persevere, sacrifice, and understanding what it means to be uh, have integrity and be accountable. Those type of things are, are priceless. You can't pay for them. You can't buy them. Um, you just got to hope to have somebody in your life that can uh, show you how to uh, live a, a certain way. And he was his spirit is solid. He knows where he belongs. He knows where his eternal home is, is at the right side of our father up in the heavens. And so he'll be waiting there, talking to our ancestors, waiting for uh, waiting for me to get there one day to, to, to reunite with them. But uh, yes, my, my, my heart is heavy right now, but my soul is so excited for what the uh, entire kingdom, the amount of love, the amount of uh, condolences, all the heartfelt, um, uh, just from the entire Chiefs kingdom. Um, I appreciate it. I'm humbled. I thank you. But uh, his legacy will live on. I don't know if the Lord has seven on seven drills. But it, is. <laughs> it sounds like smoke's going to be in those. Uh, your dad smoke. Florida A&M for the Rattlers. I'm yes, guessing sir. he smoked because he smoked by some poor dude from Bethune-Cookman, kind of like, like Tyreek Hill did against the Buccaneers. Yeah, we talked about the cheetah before the cheetah. Uh, you know, back in those days, they didn't go by a bunch of nicknames. It's just, hey, man, they saw They say when he runs, sometimes you saw smoke behind his feet when he kicked up the dirt. So I guess he he went by the moniker Smoke Barber, and he was a, a wide receiver for a CFL for a number of years. I uh, had a shot in the pros, but hurt his, hurt his, his leg. And back in those days, when you hurt your leg, that was it. Um, mm -hmm. So his career was short, but then he went into coaching, coaching Richard Virginia for a number of years for a school called Maggie Walker, which was a combination school back in the day. Uh, and then served some time in the military. And like I said, met my mom and they had a beautiful family in Richmond, Virginia, and, and tried his best to do his best. I'm not a perfect man by any means, but um, was was definitely a, a guy I could look up to and, and try to mentor my own work habits after. This just in, none of us are perfect. Uh, <laughs> and I wish I would have met Smoke, but uh, we remember him and our hearts are heavy for you. Uh, it's always a void. Uh, 
considering all the circumstances. All right, let's get into our discussion. We go to Miami, the site of Super Bowl 54. So be some good vibes going back into that place. But why we're saying this is your idea, playoffs, playoffs, because the next two weeks, it's going to feel a little bit like the playoffs yes, before sir. the playoffs. That's kind of has become, especially for the Chiefs. All right. We know the Chiefs are in the playoffs seven times in eight years under Andy Reid. Phenomenal. If they win this week, they'll wrap up their fifth consecutive AFC West championship. That's going to tie an all-time division with the 70s uh, Raiders and then the Broncos of the past decade with um, the decade prior to this one with Peyton Manning. That being said, two quality opponents on the road. But let's talk about this Dolphins team. First of all, they're going to the playoffs. I'm not so sure Brian Flores is not my NFL coach of the year this year. He has done a phenomenal job with his team because, brother, I'm telling you, they can play some defense. Yeah, they play defense, and they also control the ball. They have a great running game. Um, and, and the funny thing about their running game is you never know who's the running back. They got a they got a, a slew of running backs, and they just keep rotating. Whoever's whoever's healthy, whoever's 100, whoever's well rested, they put them in the backfield, and that guy runs with the intensity and the uh, the same mantra: pound and ground, ground and pound, as the first guy. Um, so they have a number of guys in that backfield that can get downhill, run the ball, and if they can control the tempo, and when I say get the tempo, they can control the clock and they can control the first down, they control the sticks, they make sure they stay out of third and long. First and second down are so heavy rundowns because they want to make sure that they put their quarterback, whether it's Fitzpatrick or Tua, in a great position to be able to be successful in third down, and they definitely love to what we call swing the field. They don't want to start their, their defense in the middle of the field. They want to plant you back deep, um, deep in your, in, your, in your own territory, and make to try to get a short field for their offense. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a mentality in a way he's definitely got a defensive-minded mindset, very aggressive, but he's creating a family. Those guys fight for one another. And we saw it last week against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. When it was time for one of them to uh, fight, they all was ready to fight. You took a shot at their return, man. Everybody came off the bench, including Coach Flores, who was one of the first people to come to the other sideline and called BS for what it was, taking shots at a guy trying to feel the punt. That is no place for that in the NFL, and the Bengals as an organization should be ashamed of themselves. There's several things that get your attention about this team, uh, and let me give you one of them. They're number one in the NFL in third down defense. That's number one, not in the AFC East, not in the AFC, in the NFL, National Football League, one. They are also outstanding. They have five red zone takeaways. That's number one in the league. That's what the Chiefs did last year. They had the same number of takeaways in the red zone. It's the Dolphins this year. Uh, but they're only allowing 32% on third down conversions, which is phenomenal. Another thing that gets your attention about this defense, in the last eight weeks, they have the number one defense in scoring defense in the NFL, giving up just 14 points a game. The other thing in digging into Brian Flores a little bit, he was with the Patriots for 15 years. And what's interesting here, Shop, he's kind of trying to become the first Patriot disciple to make it. These other guys are just flaming out like, a, you know, a looking at a shooting star. Not this guy. This guy kind of gets your attention. And he's also game planned. I worked on a game plan against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because he was on that Patriots staff um, in 18 that played him in the AFC Championship game and during the regular season in 17-18. So you take all that into account, and this feels like kind of a playoff game before the playoffs. 
Yeah, he's a young man, but he's a bright man. We 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 you got to believe that being a part of that defensive staff for so many years, he seen uh, defenses be created. He has to, he has seen defensive philosophies come out of just come out of thin air when Belichick has put it together to stop a team with an awesome tight end or an awesome running game or awesome passing game and also facing a, a mobile quarterback. So he knows all the ingredients of how to uh, dictate on his side of the ball defense how you're going to attack him. And he doesn't give you anything. He takes from you what he wants, and he and he leaves something on the bone for you if you're willing to take it. And that's usually the check down. It's your, he doesn't give things on the back end. He doesn't give the deep pass up. He makes you hold the ball. He gives you the check down, but then they come up and they tackle. They're a sure tackling uh, defensive ball team that plays very aggressive, and they have guys that can get pressure on the quarterback. So all around, that's going to be a very tough uh, uh, a very tough 11 guys that you're going to be battling against. But if there's an offense that is ever built to be able to go against a, 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 a elite defense, it's the Chiefs offense because we can run, pass, play action pass, hit you deep, middle, or underneath. And everybody who grabs the ball for us has the potential of breaking it for a home run and going all the way, especially Tyreek Hill. These guys remind me of the Chiefs in 2013 and 2014. They're building. They had 11 draft picks, Shop, 11. Mm. They had the most uh, salary cap room to spend. And these guys used it, man. They were smart. Kyle Van Noy, they got some veterans they picked up from New England. They kind of cherry-picked New England a little bit. But they, they're just a young bunch of young guys. But they also take the ball away. They have 21 takeaways. Only Pittsburgh has more. And Xavier Howard at court, leading the lead with eight picks. Oh, was that an aberration? Not so, no. In 2018, he led the league with seven. The dude's a ball hawk. So to me, it may not be cast this way around the league by the national pundits, but you have maybe the most interesting matchup of the week with the Chiefs offense, the best in the league, against the Dolphins that I could argue if it's not the best in the league, it's in the top three. And you know the thing I love about that cornerback, Howard, is that unlike when we had Marcus Peters here, Marcus Peters was a very undisciplined player, but he did create a lot of turnovers. He was great at stripping the ball. He was great at jumping other people's routes. But his aggressiveness and his undiscipline, uh, uh, the way he played position, sometimes was used against us. People could the game plan of him coming off as guy, double move his guy or something in his area and give up big plays. And we're seeing that that's also happening at the Ravens right now with Marcus Peters. No, no. Xavier Howard is a very detailed orientated. He reminds me a lot of a young uh, Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore. The yeah, way he good. goes about preparing and playing his game, it's all about film study. He watches uh, splits. He watches formations. He's watching when the breaks are happening. And he loves to be in zone coverage where he can keep his eyes on the quarterback and get great breaks on the ball. The one thing we have, our quarterback is able to look one way and throw the other. So sometimes when you're trying to read the eyes of one Pat Mahomes, sometimes his eyes lie to you and gives us a big play the other way. You're saying that we might have used Marcus Peters' aggression against him if we were <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> playing against him. No. Um, to me then, this the defense of the Chiefs, it's incumbent upon them – you mentioned the Dolphins, kind of resourceful. They got Kaseki. We love him. He made the catch to, you know, knock the uh, uh, Patriots out of having the the uh, bye last year. And we love Fitzmagic, who's going to be over in the sideline watching Tua play. But this is a team near the bottom in big plays. They just don't get a lot of big plays. Uh, not that they can't. I mean, you look at Jakeem Grant. You go down the line with Demonte Parker uh, and such. But it's just not a team that's. They just more grind it out, stay on the field, which is 
you know, we saw Carolina drive the Chiefs fits with that. But if the Chiefs defense, do they not need to take command of this game, get these guys off the field, flip the field in the Chiefs regard, but really take charge in this game defensively if you're the Chiefs? Man, we, we definitely need to because uh, what we understand with the what I understand with the Miami Dolphins is they play to the uh, the advantage or they play to the style of the quarterback. And so when two is in there, because he's a young guy, they don't try to overload him. It's a run, run, pass, short downs, young run, run, pass for the first downs. They want to keep everything really short, reading one side of the field, making these easy reads as possible, trying to do pick plays or flood a zone. Hey, whichever one of these three guys is open, just hit them for first down. Don't 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 try to go attack down the field. Let's just keep the ball. Well, Fitzmagic is the opposite. That's when Preston Williams and Parker and and Jakeem Grant, those deep threats become alive, and you see it in their eyes when when when, when they know Fitzpatrick is under center. Those receivers are fixing their gloves and getting themselves ready to get down the field because they know he's going to release it deep early and often, and then the, the running game becomes secondary. And so I believe that's why, as a head coach, he made the move to Tua because I think Tua's mentality kind of fits his personality a little bit better as a defensive-minded first-type um, um, play caller as far as, a, as far as a head coach. And Fitzpatrick's kind of uh, 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 riverboat gambling, uh, living on the edge, always ready to go downfield. I think that made him nervous. It got him, ner- and even though it won a bunch of ball games. When he felt Tua was ready, he was quick to make that move. It didn't, they wasn't worried about their record, where they was in the playoff standing. He really wants Tua to take control of that offense and play that ball control style because they think it gives him a better chance with the style of defense he's trying to play. Yeah, I don't know, Coach Flores. I haven't been around him, but I've been impressed with him. And I think he's doing a heck of a We talked like Carolina. Hey, if you're buying stock in a team in the next five years, you might look at – I'm telling you, the Dolphins. They got two first-round picks again next year, Scott. <laughs> I mean, they've, they're just loading up. Uh, so it's interesting to watch to a, a couple more things here. Again, this Defending the Kingdom podcast, we're calling it playoffs. Playoffs uh, only because it feels like the playoffs before the playoffs, these next two weeks. And we'll talk about the Saints when they're the Saints. It's the Dolphins center stage here, and there's a lot on the line. Chiefs yeah. have never been 12-1, and one, ever. 61 years, never been 12-1. and one. That can happen if they beat the Dolphins this week. And, of course, this whole race with the Steelers, uh, plus the Chiefs can wrap up the division, mention that, and this race with the Steelers continues. The Dolphins and Bills are challenging for that division. They've been locked in the basement like Shawshank for 20 years by the Patriots. Well, (laughs) I said this. This is like Andy Dufresne getting through the poop pipe. They're out, and they are – they're sitting there, but they're out with each other now. This is like Morgan Freeman getting out, uh, and, and they're both getting out at the same time. They're racing each other. So there's a lot on the line for the Dolphins as well. But I want to ask you, Tua being left-handed, he's right now, I'm trying to think, really the only prominent quarterback that's left-handed. And did you play in the same division when you were with the Eagles? Was Mike with the Falcons then? Yes. Mike Vick? Okay. So to me, Mike Vick is a a good example here, maybe of a comparison. Does the left-handed thing go into play if you're a defender? I think it does. Just It's just the rotation of the ball. So once the ball is in the air and you're talking about being able to adjust to a deep ball, especially the safeties, if you're trying to adjust to a ball in the air and a deep ball, uh, you know you know from playing baseball, it's, it's the way the ball tails. It always has a tail that goes one way or the other. A left-handed ball with that left-handed rotation, it rotates a different way. And so it, on a deep ball, you just got to be ready. Um, obviously, the ball and come out and it's going to go right to left, where most balls go left to right. And so from a deep ball atmosphere, you really want to make sure you don't overrun and allow wide receivers to kind of cross your face 
going from the right side to the left side. And so I know that that probably sounds like a lot, but if you just image, if you can imagine seeing a, book, a football rotating out of a left hand, all right, it's coming out, you throw it, it's coming out that way, that way, that way, that way, as, a, as opposed to the right-handed guy's quarterback ball going that way. It's just the way the ball is going to drift, especially on deep balls. Anything shorter than 20 yards, uh, man, these balls are thrown on the laser. It's not going to imagine. It's just those deep threats where you got to worry about the ball floating and then receivers running routes, running under routes, knowing that's going to drift a little bit to the left side of the field. It's really interesting. This, there's a, I mean, I'm fascinated by the game this week. Uh, there's a lot to unpack with it. Now, let's go into more of a global thought here because we're talking about the playoffs before the playoffs, December football. Mentioned there's a lot on the line here. Um, the, let's look at some history here a couple of times, and this isn't going to be flattering history. One you were involved in, and another one that it was Coach Reed's first year. After the 9 and believe me, after 2-14, and 14, to go 9-0 and was the Shawshank feeling of getting out of the poop pipe, all right? It was like, wow, this is different. This is cool. I'm headed to the bank and get my money, and I'm going to San Juan Taneo. All right. All right. Still, the Chiefs in December that year kind of faltered. It was – they played some really good teams, uh, losing to the Colts. Chargers were good that year. Beat them. That Jira 2-2 guy still seemed making the catch. And not that I remember his name. Uh, but the other one was 0-3. And you were in the middle of that. The Chiefs, that's the only other time the Chiefs have started 11-1, and you were on that team. That year and this year, that's it. But there wasn't any 12-1 that year. There was a loss and loss of three of the last four going down the stretch. So the point here is, yeah, there's a lot here. But how much is there importance in the playoffs before the playoffs and just tearing up December, which Coach Reed has done for the most part, 5-0 and 17, won the division, salvaged the season. 5-0 Five and zero last year got the buy. What about rolling in December to roll you into when you really want to roll? Man, we talk about building teams and how seasons and, and schedules play a part. I, I I believe if you ask any head coach if you could go on a winning streak of eight games, do you want it to be the start of the season or the end? Do you want the first and second quarter to go undefeated, or do you want the last, the third and fourth quarter to go undefeated? I think hands down, ninety nine coaches they're taking the, the, the second half of the season. Because you need to be building and growing. They're okay with some hiccups and losses early in the season. Everybody's learning how to communicate and fill out one another. Um, you got different guys beside you. The, the offensive lineup, uh, the D-line and O-line are being mashed up like mash units because of injuries. In the season, especially those last four games, everybody's getting healthy. You're, you're starting to know what you know about each other. And you've already called everything. You know where your your, your butt is bred. You know what this team is a, a three-step or RPO, as a downhill running team, it's a play-action boot team. Whatever you do your best, everybody knows about it. And so can you go out there and execute even when the other team knows what's coming? I, I hear Coach Bienemy, it's like I hear him in my, my, my sleep sometimes. We got to run the ball even when they know we're running. That's the sign of a great offense. Defensive, it doesn't matter what you know about us. We're coming downhill. We're going to take this game from you. We don't need you to give us anything. Don't give us an inch because we're coming with the mindset of we're going to take this victory. And when, let's go back. When you said about the left-handed quarterback, uh, again, my, my college coach jumped into my mind and said, stop, Sean, stop. You didn't mention the bootleg because when you think about a quarterback booting, right-handed guys boot out to the defense's left, whereas a left-handed quarterback boots out to the defense's right. And so you got to prepare each, each week. The defense has to be retrained of, of, of what are the 
keys and, and, and who to pick up on the bootleg. That's a whole other side of the field. It hasn't got much action of that because there's not many left-handed quarterbacks. I love it when you give me stuff to ask Spags one-on-one -on -one with him. We have it before the game. That's a really interesting, particularly the boot game, because I think of Mike Vick again, how yes, awesome he was in that boot game. We had that run-pass option. Like, that dude was lethal. And just because you're, you're you know, eating peas with the left hand, like you're, it's throwing you off. Um, but this whole thing of trying to, you know, have some momentum. You mentioned the run game. Uh, we always we in December's run game time at times, and people are disappointed. Hey, third and less than a yard, couldn't punch it in last week. But one thing I really saw that was encouraging sign for me, Shop, was maybe for the first time since the Buffalo game back in October. People overlooked this in that game last week against the Broncos. The Chiefs got the ball, got the stop, but the Broncos had three timeouts of the two minute warning. Kansas City got the ball at the 15 yard line, their own 15. All right. They moved the ball. D. Will. I mean, Darrell Williams was running like it was Christian Okoye. The <laughs> offensive line, remember, I see these games from Google Earth. I'm 13 stories above the field. I saw a push. Dana and I saw a push of two to three yards when D. Will got it. Now he's getting three more. That's six if you're yes, keeping sir. track at home. So from the 15 to the 30, it burned up all of Denver's timeouts and the two-minute warning and added to the lead. Yes, mm -hmm. six and not seven. I get it. But Locke had no time. He had 104, something he really hadn't done is go down the field in a two-minute like that with no timeouts. And so to me, that was an encouraging sign. And how big was it that the Chiefs team said, not, not necessarily like Tampa Bay, like we're going to take the ball and go home, Tom, you get no more football. It was, though, flipping it, changing it, and basically setting up the last act of the play. If you look at a coach's playbook, right, they, they sometimes all the reds are run, all the passes are green or whatever the color code combination. Now, when you talk about four-minute offense, that means you got the lead, it's less than four minutes, and can you possess the ball and run out the clock to win the ball game? That play sheet is 90% red. You want a clock running, you want to – I mean, you're in a point in the game where you're letting that, that offensive line know you have control of this game. If you get us a first down and we can run this ball and not have to put it up in the air and don't give them a chance to sack us or intercept it, you actually control the end of this ball game. It's your destiny. Go make it happen. It's run after run. It's so heavy run. And the fact that they went from the 15-yard line and splopped the field to even get us in field goal range to put more points on the board with a primary mindset of you know we're running it, and boom, 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 it's still coming downhill. It's still coming downhill. That is what Eric Bieniemy is telling these guys, preaching to them, and they're getting it from Andy. They're getting it from Andy Heck. They're getting it from uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy, and even the, the wide receiver coach Greg Lewis. He's letting the receivers know this is when you need to go block. You need to you need to go block downfield. It's all hands on board. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And you got to love that type of mentality, especially as the season gets late. And like you said, man, like like like, the, it's so important to be able to run and control the football late in ball games when teams are trying to get back in it. You have a lead, protect the lead, run the ball, control the rock, and burn up clock. All right, here we go. Playoffs, playoffs. It's the playoffs before the playoffs this week. It feels like that as the Chiefs head to Miami. As we close it out, we'll close it the way we opened it. Again, our Bose 700 headphones. Go to Bose.com. There's an easy drop down for headphones. They're right there. Uh, great for holiday gifts, but, um, we just, we're with you shop. I mean, you just yeah. lost your daddy. You just lost, uh, Bill Harbor, uh, the pride <laughs> of the Florida A&M Rattlers. And, uh, so we're with you, my friend, uh, prayers up for your family and surround you just with some, uh, just extra love. 
But uh, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You made a lot of uh, reference to the Shawshank Redemption. And what I remember about Shawshank is you say you got to get busy living or get busy dying. You're going to do one of the two, right? Life is what it is. Um, but you have your entire, you got each day to make, add another chapter to the book, to build your own legacy and to leave uh, everlasting uh, memories for your loved ones. And uh, also that to the to the utmost. He did that to the fullest. He had a full 87 years uh, of, of, of time here. He celebrated his 52nd anniversary with my mom um, oh, on, day, awesome. on, on Monday. On Monday. Oh. And so that was a, a phenomenal Tuesday. Uh, it's the same day, later that same day. Oh, oh. So that was a, I mean, that's a blessing in disguise for them to wake up and have a prayer on there. On actually, um, in so many ways, in so many ways, we, we we feel God's hands all over this, and so it's just a blessing. That's why you don't, you don't see if, if there's any tears in me, it's tears of joy. Um, mm. It's just a blessing to be able to celebrate uh, such a great man. I'm I'm hearing I guess I'm hearing his words saying as the Chiefs go to Miami this week if you're going to dig out of problems make sure you get out of the poop pipe. Love <laughs> <laughs> it, I love it. Sean Barber, I'm Mitch Holt, this voice of the Chiefs. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom.